You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. I'm over the moon about this episode. This is truly one of the most important conversations that we can have right now at this time in human history. And looking at the interaction with what's happening in the world around us and in the environment with what's happening with our bodies. And is there anything that we can actually do about it? So I'm bringing on today one of my greatest teachers, one of my greatest mentors, and somebody who really helped it to shift my perspective in health and wellness many years ago. And it's cell biologist, Dr. Bruce Lipton. And he's the person who really helped to press the the understanding of epigenetics into popular culture you know it's become something that is pretty well known in this health space but it's really a shift from newtonian physics to quantum physics and really looking at what's controlling what our genes are doing and so right now we are experiencing a true pandemic and there's also an underlying pandemic that's happening as well that we're not really addressing and so i'm really looking forward to this conversation it's super important and very empowering and I can't wait to share it with you. And of course, right now we have to make sure that we're dialing in and taking care of our health with our nutrition as well. And a recent study, and this was published in the peer-reviewed journal, Mediators of Inflammation, uncovered that the polysaccharides in reishi mushroom were found to enhance the proliferation of our T cells and our B cells. And both of these are very important immune weapons that help to defend our bodies from pathogens and really help to kind of do an a master class in training for our immune system, these particular polysaccharides. And also it has a profound impact on your NK cells as well, your natural killer cells. There's about a 200% increase in the activity of your natural killer cells by utilizing things like reishi and chaga that have been used for centuries in medicine and documented. Now these things are circling back. Now we have modern technology to kind of affirm what's happening with our immune system when we include some of these things. And so each night I have a cup of reishi tea. It's dual extracted, meaning it's an alcohol extract and a hot water extract to make sure I'm getting all of the different compounds that I'm looking for, the triterpenes and the beta-glucans and all the, the other phytonutrients that help your body to do these amazing things. And so I get that from Four Sigmatic. Definitely pop over and check them out. It's foursigmatic.com forward slash model. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G. M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash model, organic, good stuff, all sourced the right way and prepared the right way so you actually get the stuff, the good stuff that you're looking for. So the Rishi Elixir, there's also wonderful coffee blends with chaga and lion's mane mushroom, and there's even a Rishi hot cocoa that my family really loves as well. So many good things. Pop over to check them out. You also get at least 10% off, sometimes upwards of even 15, 20% off, depending on what you're getting. Go to foursigmatic.com forward slash model. And on that note, let's get to our Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Life Changer from the McGee's. Hey, the information you give is seriously from the heart and not because someone sold you on something. I've listened to you for a while, but recently got my wife hooked. We now share a notes folder on our phones that increasingly increases because of the amazing products we have found out that can help your body and mind. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for doing more research than anyone could fathom. Awesome. Thank you so much for leaving me that review over on Apple Podcasts. It means so much to me. 
And if you've yet to do so, please pop over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the show. I appreciate it so much. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. Now, I wanna preface this conversation with the really important understanding that right now, as it stands, we've invested each year about $4 trillion, $4 trillion into our healthcare system. And yet every single year, all of our chronic conditions, even infectious diseases, everything continues to climb. The biggest killers of humans here in the United States, has not, we haven't even put a dent in it, all right? Heart disease, cancer, obesity, type two diabetes, Alzheimer's. Our system of medicine has not remotely close, gotten close to figuring these things out. And as a matter of fact, a recent report, this study just came out that about one trillion of those dollars are wasted. A trillion dollars. What if we can invest that into our true healthcare and providing high quality food for our communities, education on movement and stress management practices, a trillion dollars. That's 999,999 billions plus another billion for good measure. That's a lot of money wasted. And some of the major reasons is wasted over treatment or low value care. Fraud and abuse, about $90 million. The system itself, administrative complexity is a huge loss of money. Just making stuff complicated. When health is really simple, they're very simple principles that really control what's happening with our health and wellness. But these are not the things that are taught. It's a pharmaceutical model. It's based on pharmacology and the treatment of symptoms. And it has not worked with number one killer every year, heart disease in the United States. Number two killer, cancer every year in the United States. Number three killer is iatrogenesis, which means physician-created illness. Medical error is the third leading cause of death in the United States every year. Something is wrong. We have to look at the problem. We have to discuss the problem so we can fix the problem. And that's what today's episode is really all about. It's taking this conversation and really looking at it through the eyes of our most evolved and higher level sciences. And to do that, we have the best person in the world. And I'm freaking pumped about this. Today's guest, we have Dr. Bruce Lipton. And he's a stem cell biologist and best-selling author of The Biology of Belief, Spontaneous Evolution, and The Honeymoon Effect. And by the way, The Biology of Belief is required reading. And he served as the Associate Professor of Anatomy in the School of Medicine at the University of Wisconsin. And also, he's lectured in cell biology, histology, and so many other subjects. And his pioneering research on cloned human stem cells really presaged today's revolutionary new field of epigenetics. And he's the person who really pressed epigenetics, that term, into popular culture and lexicon. This is the guy. Dr. Bruce Lipton also served as a research fellow in the Department of Pathology in Stanford University School of Medicine. And he's just a renowned speaker, such a great and, and powerful intelligent resource that we can all really use right now and learn from. And let's jump into this conversation with the one and only Dr. Bruce Lipton. Dr. Bruce Lipton, so pumped to talk to you again. You're one of my favorite humans on the planet and just grateful. This is a really, really special time for us. Sean, I am delighted to be with you because I know that uh, being here with you, we have an audience of cultural creatives. People are looking for, I need some power in a time of crazy. And so uh, thanks for giving me a, a soapbox to sand on here. Oh, totally my pleasure. Totally my pleasure. So if we could, I want to start 
from the top. And of course, everybody can listen to your first interview. It's one of our most downloaded episodes of all time. But I want to hit an even bigger note with this one. But if you could just give a brief synopsis. Well, it's not going to be brief, but you're, you're one of the real pioneers who really push. And I tell people this all the time because now epigenetics is a pretty well-known term in health. But you're one of the people, if not the person who really pressed it into popular culture. Can you give us a synopsis of what epigenetics means? Just for yeah. folks who aren't affiliated yet. Well, okay, I, I, I taught in a medical school, so I want people to know that uh, most of my classes were to doctors. So uh, we were setting their mindset <laughs> to understand things. And when I was teaching back then in the medical school, we were teaching a concept called genetic determinism. Uh, and genetic determinism is the conventional belief <laughs> that genes determine the character of your life, not just your physical characters, but your emotional and behavioral characteristics. And when you say genes determine this, and all of a sudden you have to recognize something. As far as we know, we didn't pick the genes we came with. If we don't like the characteristics, can't change those genes. And then we say the genes turn on and off by themselves. And I say, well, what does that mean to the individual person? It says, we are victims of our heredity. Oh my God, there's cancer running in a family. Oh, I could get cancer or the cardiovascular disease. And whatever you're looking at, you're saying, oh, it's being passed down by genes. False. Because the new science, which is called epigenetics, changes this entire, it's a revolution. For what reason? When I say character X is under genetic control, then what I'm saying is this gene is controlling character X and not you, the gene. But when I say this gene is under epigenetic control, it's a revolution for this reason. Epi, the little prefix epi means above. Matter of fact, so I say, what do, what do we call skin? Epidermis. I go, what does that mean? The dermis is just a layer underneath the skin. So epidermis means above the dermis. So when I say this character is under epigenetic control, literally what I'm saying, uh, this character is under... Uh, and the uh, epi means above. So uh, epigenetic control means above the gene control. And all of a sudden it says, well, then the genes are not controlling. I go, no, 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 no. Above the mind. I say the mind is controlling genes. I go, well, why is that relevant? First story, genetic control, you're a victim. Second story, epigenetic control. If it's in your mind, you can change your mind. And if you change your mind, you can change your genetics. And all of a sudden it says, it's the complete opposite of genetics. Genetics, victim. Epigenetics, you have the option to be a master of your genetics. You're not a victim. And, and the significance is uh, it's based on the mind. Uh, and then I go, well, yeah. Uh, actually, let me just emphasize something. Because when you go to the textbooks or the school classrooms, epigenetics, environment controls genes. Well, that's true. Now, here's the problem. Uh, I am a, a skin-covered Petri dish because inside my body are 50 trillion cells. And I say, but they have to adjust their biology to the environment. And I said, well, how does my liver cell know what's going on in my environment? I go, it doesn't know. It has to depend on your nervous system because your nervous system is the interface that reads the environment and then adjusts your genetics. 
So all of a sudden, when I talk about epigenetics uh, based on mind control and belief and all that, conventional science goes, oh, it's on environment. I go, but my cells in my body do not read the real environment. They only read the environment as interpreted by my nervous system. So that's why two people can be in the exact same environment and have totally different responses because it's based on your interpretation of that environment. And that's where all of a sudden mind controls it. And I say the perceptions of the nervous system are translated into chemistry that adjusts the cells. And I go, perceptions. I say, yeah, our perception of life adjusts our genes. And then I go one more step. So we get into it and I go, are all of our perceptions correct? I go, no. So, I mean, we have perceptions that are not true. I go, yeah. But do the cells know that that perception is not true? And I go, no, they just respond to the perception. And so I'm going to take one last step, get us into the game. And that is this. Perception is belief. That's basically what it is. Most of our perceptions hopefully are correct beliefs, but we carry perceptions that are not. But to the cells, they don't know whether it's true or not. They're just following the perception. So all of a sudden I say, genes are controlled by the biology of belief. And that's mm. exactly how it works. Change your belief and you change your genetic activity. Mm. This is already profound. <laughs> now there's, of course, and you know this, we have genes for things we would consider health. We have genes for things we would consider disease. Which, which, and, gene, which genes do we have for disease? Right. Okay. So this is getting into it. So when we see disease manifest, we'll t take heart disease, for example, cardiovascular disease. Yeah. This is an epidemic, right? Yes. But the thing is, what I wanted people to, to, to hear and for you to articulate, we're not born with the heart disease and most folks don't actually have a true genetic defect. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, let's come down to a fact of science so we get this clear. Less than 1% Less than 1% of disease is connected to genes. So I say, where the hell is all the disease coming from? And it goes, it's coming from stress. And I say, what's stress? Now, this is really important because stress is anything that gets in the way of your destination. I want to have this. I want to go there, whatever. And then something gets in the way that, you know, provokes stress. And I go, so why is it relevant? Because stress is the cause of disease of 90% of the people. And I say, why is that relevant? Again, that's not genetic, that's a perception. I am stressed because I believe I'm stressed and therefore my cells are going to respond to my stress. Whether it's real or not, the cells can't see it, they only are based on what I believe. So stress interferes with the immune system, uh, you know, let's do stress right now because the whole world's in a stress situation. So let me give you the three fundamental things that happen when you're in stress. Why, why, why do we recognize stress for? And I go, because we're being threatened. That's what stress means. Something's threatening you. Let's go back, uh, you know, thousands of years. And I say, what was the stress? I say, saber-toothed tiger. I go, oh, okay. I say, well, what happens when the saber-toothed tiger is chasing you? I say, you got to run like hell. <laughs> I said, okay. well, what organs in your body do you use to deal with stress? I go, arms and legs <laughs> escape. So I say, now here comes the next point. Well, if I'm going to need those organs to escape from the tiger, then here's the most important thing. I need to give them energy because without energy, the muscles aren't going to work. So I say, what provides energy? I say, blood. So I go, oh, 
Why is it relevant? Now, here it comes. When I perceive a stress, stress hormones function is to provide as much blood to my arms and legs as I can get because I need all of that energy to run away from the tiger. So I said, well, where's it getting the blood from? I said, well, the heart's pumping the blood. Yeah, but it's pumping it all over the body. So I say, well, when the blood is in my gut, what are the function of the organs, lungs, you know, gut, all those organs in there? I say, maintenance of the body, health of the body, fixing the body and all that. And I say, well, if you're running away from a saber-toothed tiger, do you think it's good to invest in taking care of your body at this point? I go, what a waste of time. If the tiger catches you the hell with a body, it's not going to exist anyway. So here's number one. When stress is perceived, stress hormones released into the body cause the blood vessels in the gut to squeeze shut. I go, why? Because when they squeeze shut, the blood is pushed to the outside, arms and legs, okay? So I say, yeah, but net consequence, you shut down the blood vessels in the gut and you shut down the maintenance and health of the body. I say, yeah, but for how long? How long does it take to get away from that tiger? 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you're away from the tiger, stress is gone, everything's back in condition again. People can experience this uh, when you get that stress moment. It's like, but they call it butterflies in the stomach. They feel like a queasy. I said, what's the queasy? It's the blood vessels squeezing shut. You can feel them. It's like fluttering. Okay, so number one, stress. Shuts down blood flow to the gut because it's going to make sure the blood goes preferentially to the arms and legs. Number two, and this is critical now, the immune system uses tremendous amount of energy. Most people, when they get really sick, don't even have the energy to get out of bed. So I say, well, let's say I have a bacterial infection and a saber-toothed tiger is chasing me. How should I split my energy? Uh, again, the hell with a bacterial infection. If the tiger, you know, the saber-toothed tiger catches you, uh, the infection doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> it get, it's the tiger's problem. So I go, okay. So what does it mean? Fact. Stress hormones shut off the immune system to conserve energy to run away from the tiger. Okay? And I go, wow. Uh, so stress hormones shut it down. I go, so much so. Listen, medical doctors use stress hormones therapeutically, meaning if they want to transplant an organ from person A into person B, and you put that organ in the foreign organ into the recipient, the immune system of the recipient is going to say, that's foreign, and try and destroy it. And I say, well, <laughs> what good is the operation if I just take the organ and put it into somebody else and the immune system messes with it? And I go, this is why medical doctors give patients that are going to receive a transplant. They give them stress hormones because when they give them the stress hormones and then do the transplant, the recipient's immune system is not going to be working and it will sustain the transplant. How effective of shutting off the immune system? It's used therapeutically to shut off the immune system. Okay, so that's number two. We compromise growth and health. We shut down the immune system. I, I call the third consequence adding insult to injury. And I go, what do you mean? Well, the brain has, in the forebrain, this is conscious part of the brain. And in the conscious part of the brain, that's creative, okay? And I go, that's great. And I say, what about the hindbrain? I go, ah, oh, the hindbrain is reflex reaction. And I go, if you're being chased by a saber-toothed tiger, do you want to have consciousness running the show or do you want to just have reflex reaction carry you away? And the answer is consciousness is too slow. 
I always say, oh, you're in a car, spin it. it just starts to get out of control. I say, if you stay in the conscious mind when that car's going out of control, here's my model. Oh, <laughs> all you're going to do is get, you're going to just get lost. I say, the moment the car goes out of control, guess what? Stress hormones shut off that immune system, push it, the blood. When I squeeze the blood vessels in the forebrain, it pushes the blood to the hindbrain where reflexes are going to work. I said, what? I go, we become less intelligent when we're under stress because consciousness is too slow. And when you're running, so I go, so what's the issue? Historically, the stress response was to be used for a short period of time, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You escape the tiger, no more stress. And I go, and what about today? And I go, oh, got a little problem here. 24, 7, 365 stress. The system was not designed for that. And this excess stress is responsible for up to 90% of disease on this planet, not genes. Genes, less than 1%. And all of a sudden I say, why is this important? Because if you tell somebody genes caused that, then that gives them, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not responsible. The genes did it. I go, no, because if you feel you're not responsible, you shut off your control. And that's the point. I am in control. Man, this is so powerful. What really struck me the most was when you said, we become less intelligent when we're under stress. Uh, and I think this is one of the most well-seen things right now with people infighting. There's a big lack of intelligence and even empathy and compassion. And these higher order things are going to get put on the back burner. Yeah. Let, let, let me give you an example about the difference between growth and protection, because that's what it comes down to. A stimulus provokes us to do something. If it's a good stimulus, you move to it, like love, food, something you want. That's a stimulus. We move to that stimulus. And then I say, but when you move to it, you go open-armed. Why? I want to take it in. If it's love, I, I don't want to close myself down. I want to assimilate it. If it's food, I got to open myself up, take it in. So growth means you go to the stimulus, open, okay? But what if the stimulus is negative? a threat of any kind. I go, oh, I don't go to the stimulus. I go away from the stimulus. Do I go away my arms open? I go, no, you close yourself down because of protection. So I say, so what's the difference? Growth, go to a stimulus, arms open. Protection, go away from the stimulus, arms closed. I say, why is it relevant? And here's a simple conclusion. You can't move forwards and backwards at the same time. You can't be open and closed at the same time. So basically it says, if you're in a stress mode, you've shut your system down and growth shut down. And, and you know, that's okay for a very short period. But if it's chronic, you've killed yourself, essentially. Uh, and, and I say, so why is it relevant? I go, look at today's world. Every time you turn on TV, be afraid, be very afraid. Go hide in your house. And I go, wow, that's as scary as hell. I say, why is it relevant? I am getting stress hormones dripping into my system every time I watch that damn TV. I'm getting stress hormones when I read a paper, go and surf the internet. I go, and what is that doing for you? And I say, it is compromising your health. I go, oh, I say, that's where disease comes from. Not from the mm. genes, but you shut yourself down. And then, as I said, you become less intelligent. Then what do you do? Defer to the boss. Who's the one that's going to protect me? Whatever they say, I'm going to do. Why? I'm not thinking.
I'm just going to do what they say because they know I don't know. And go, oh my God, have we just screwed the world big time? <laughs> I go, why? Because the planet is on 24-7 stress mm. all over the planet. And I go, people are dying. And I go, okay, I got to extend into this. Sorry, Sean, if you give me, a, am I talking too much? No, bring it on. <laughs> I need this in my life. Lipton tea, bring it. <laughs> okay, well, but, but the relevance about all this is, is that simply we are bought into a fear. Is the virus as virulent as they say it is? Is the virus that deadly as it appears to be on the surface? I go, no, <laughs> absolutely not. What's more deadly is A, the fear, and B, and this is the one most people aren't paying attention to, any compromises to your health have compromised your immune, syst immune system, okay? And I go, so what does that mean? Now listen to this. In America, 40% of U.S. citizens have two or more, actually 2.7 chronic diseases. 2.7. One chronic disease, 60% of Americans have. But 40% of the Americans have 2.7. I go, so why is it relevant? They're compromised before the damn virus even showed up. And I go, well, why is that relevant? Because when the virus shows up, are they weakened because the virus is so strong or are they weakened because their immune system is under stress? And I go, that's the one. I say, but you blame the virus. And then everybody's now afraid. Healthy people are afraid. I go, if you're healthy, get the damn virus and get it over with because your immune system will make the best vaccine in the whole world. Our immune system is better than any pharmaceutical company could ever be. But then to get an immune response, you have to have the COVID. And I say, well, why is that relevant? And I say, well, everybody's hiding. <laughs> and this is why. Why did they put quarantine in the first place? Number one, let me just go into this. We make an immune response to things in our environment that we experience. When something new comes in the environment that's threatening, like the COVID virus, it's not that new, actually, because coronaviruses are the cold viruses that we get every year. This is just a new species. So I say, new species? I say, yeah, most people have not been exposed to anything like this. So when the virus shows up, oh, everybody is susceptible. Why? It hasn't been here. And I go, so when the virus first got here and there was an overrun in the hospital of people with the problems from COVID, they said, we must slow down. So we're going to put everybody in a quarantine. I go, okay, good. You slowed it down. Now what? Okay. Everybody come out of quarantine. I go, did they get an immune response while they were in quarantine? Uh, or did the virus disappear when they were in quarantine? I go, no. What? In the logical world, do you think what happened? You take all this fresh meat and throw it out there and say, quarantine over. I go, they're going to, second spike. It has to be. There was no other option but a second spike. And I go, and then what's happening? Who are the ones that are dying? And the answer is people who are compromised. Most of them over 65, 75, 80 years old. They're compromised because of A, lifestyle and age and all that stuff. And I go, what about the average person? He goes, ah, that's where the numbers got screwed. Why? Okay, momentary math situation. <laughs> I say, how do you determine what's called morbidity? The number of people that, you know, what's the relationship to the virus and death? I say, it's a fraction. 
You take the number of people that died, put it above, and you divide it by the number of people that have had the COVID, okay? And I go, why is it relevant? Because in the beginning, the only people who were identified to have COVID were the ones sick enough to go to a doctor and to a hospital. So all of a sudden I say, well, why is it relevant? I say, that's a small number. And I say, yeah, but a large number of them died. So all of a sudden it's like, <gasps> death rate, when you put the small number divided into the higher number, you get a very high percentage. Oh, three, four percent of people are going to die. I go, okay, here was the problem. When they started to do testing, they found out 80, 90% of the people have COVID, didn't go to a doctor, didn't go to a hospital, and did not get included in the numbers. So I say, what's important? If you took all of the people that have the COVID and divided in the number that die, it's down to like 0.4, or something like that. A little bit more aggressive than a conventional flu, but not a killer. And I go, wow. This all of a sudden changes the morbidity, the scary number. Millions of people are going to die. I go, that's based on a number that's totally false. Because when we started to put the number of people that were healthy, that got the COVID and didn't go to the doctor and didn't go to the hospital, never got reported. I say, if you leave that large number out, then morbidity is high. You put that larger number in there, boom, it drops down. And they're holding us to some stupid number from the beginning of days when 3 or 4% of the population is going to die. That is a sham. That is a, a manipulation of the data. And it is totally false. And I say, mm. so what's the relevant? Well, you got them scared to death. That all, I say, oh, you scared them. I say, what's the result of that? You've messed with their immune system. You've already compromised their immune system because the stress hormones function Shut off the immune system. The more you scare them, the worse the consequence of the COVID is, okay? Is it because the COVID is virulent? I go, no, because your own immune system is stressed, shutting off, not going to deal with it. And I go, so yeah. what do we need to do? Well, they everybody's waiting. Wait for the vaccine. That's a stupid idea. Why? Your immune system will make a better vaccine than any pharmaceutical company could ever imagine. And I go... But if you don't get it and you wait for the vaccine, it's like, hey, what are you doing in between? Hiding? <laughs> you know, what, what good is this? And the idea is, if you are compromised, take every precaution that they've talked about. If you're not compromised, go out and live a life. Get the flu. Stay home for about three or four days. Live with it. But then you'll make your own antibodies. And then you'll never be bothered by it again. So we're getting manipulated. And it's an unfortunate situation because still the ideas are operating from this thing's going to kill millions. And if, you know, look, the flu season comes every year. Every year, the same number of people die about 0.1% from the flu. That happens every year. Nobody says anything. Oh, flu season's coming. Okay. And they say, get a vaccine. Most people go, nah, I'm not going to get the vaccine. And guess what? If they get the flu, now guess what? Now they have their own vaccine. They made it from their immune system. And I go, and nobody does it every year. The flu season's coming. And everybody goes, ah, yeah. But this year it goes, oh, the flu season's coming. Millions of people are going to die. Well, all of a sudden that gets a little personal. <laughs> when a thousand people are going to die, I can, I can do pretty well. But when millions are going to die, I might be in millions. Now you scared 
everybody. And as soon as you scare them, they're compromised. And I say, if you are already compromised, it is incumbent upon you to protect yourself. But if I'm not compromised, why the hell should I protect myself? I'm good. As a matter of fact, if I get the COVID, I'm even going to be better. Because once I get it, my immune system in a non-compromised person will manifest its own vaccine. So, is this a manipulation? You bet it is, okay? Mm-hmm. Is there a way out of it? Yep. Stay healthy. Four things. I'll just give you the four things. Number one, eat well. Eat well because the food that we're eating, industrial farm food, is toxic from the beginning. I go, what do you mean? I say, all you need to do is see the farmer in a field spraying the crops wearing a hazard suit. If, if they're spraying something on your food and they have to wear a hazard suit, I don't think we should eat that food. Just a suggestion, you know? Right. Uh, so, and most of the food is crap. Uh, and, and we're pushed on a cheap-ass diet to, what, undermine our health. Be, uh, wonderful, wonderful video years ago was um, Michael Moore's uh, video uh, uh, about sickness. Okay, I can't remember the name right now. There was an interview with a British parliamentarian, Tony Benn, and he clearly just came out flat and said, governments do not want a healthy, intelligent population because they're difficult to control. And I look at what happened to America from me being an old guy, say, at one point, we were the healthiest, smartest of all. We, all the technology of the future was coming from here. Now there's no technology coming from here. We're compromised. I go, yeah. As Tony Benn said, governments do not want healthy, intelligent population. I go, well, we're surely not a healthy population. And the amount of intelligence in this system is QAnon. Well, there you go, folks. Gone. No intelligence anymore, okay? Relevance, the government succeeded in making us sheep in a world where we lost control, but that was not an accident. Yeah, Bruce, can I add one quick layer of context here too? Because this is something we we continue to talk about is that right now, and a lot of people don't realize that until this moment, the United States is really the most compromised, self-inflicted nation in history. And even JAMA reported, this was 2018, this is recent, that poor diet is the number one cause of our chronic diseases. It's the number one causative factor behind us being compromised. Yet we're still not talking about this in this situation right now. Right, because when you go to a doctor and he says, oh my God, you've got cardiovascular problem. He says, well, here, take medicine. I go, no, you should go to the doctor, you've got a problem. How do you take care of your health? You you should go do things to take care of your health. And they say, no, just fill the prescription. <laughs> That's why the, the doctors don't even offer the, the resolution is health. Okay, so the food bad. Number two, we should be taking vitamins and supplements because that's what's missing from our food. And vitamin C and vitamin D, the two main environment, uh, vitamins that are necessary for the vitality of our immune system. Uh, should be taken every day, every day. Vitamin C, big amount every day. I take two grams vitamin C every day and vitamin D. Why? They're the ones that enhance my immune system, okay? Number three, so we have, uh, first of all, eat better. Number two, take supplements. Number three, exercise. I go, why? 
because exercise strengthens the system. It can, you know, pushes the circulatory system and the blood and, and, and gets us to breathe better and to clean the blood and filter things. And it, it makes the system run better. Okay. Uh, and then number four, and that's why we're here right now, Sean, you and I. Number four, watch your stress level. Your stress level is in a direct compromise of an immune function. And the world is so stressed before the virus got here and now amp that stress. And it's a global situation. But then you can look around the world, but not all the countries have the same morbidity that we have. And I go, why? Because other countries are less stressed and they eat better and they have different social life. And then I look at us, and it's like, yeah, I know you're in L.A. My my nephew is in L.A. He's the, he wants to move out of L.A. as fast as he can because he said it's a scary ghost town in some place. Yeah. yeah. Why? Fear. Where is everybody? Locked inside. What does fear do? Shut yourself down. I go, growth is compromised. So the entire growth of this country, including the economy and everything else, any measure of growth, is compromised because fear shuts down growth. Wow. Mm. Wow, right. <laughs> wow. Bruce, man, this is so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing this. You know, I think one of the big issues, obviously, is that's, that's promoting the fear is numbers without context. You know, there's all these numbers. And you just brought up a really valid point, which is we've got 30 to 40 million confirmed cases of COVID of folks who are okay, you know, who've survived, but we don't see that number. We, and that starts to put it in context. And what that's done is really just pushed the mortality rate lower and lower and lower. But yet you're not hearing about that. All you're hearing about right now is the cases, the, cases. the number of cases. And, uh, and it's an unfortunate situation because a lot of people, look, I taught in a medical school for years. I'll give you a simple fact. People think the pharmaceutical industry is out there to help us. I go, hell no. Pharmaceutical companies out there to help themselves. <laughs> Their function is to make money. If you don't take drugs, they don't make money. So what are they doing? They're pushing a situation where how many Americans take like two, three, four, five drugs a day? And I go, they're drug pushers. And here's a you know an interesting fact: how many people die from prescription drugs every year? The number I think is about three hundred thousand. I go, why is that relevant? I go, well, how many people die from illegal drugs? I go, I, may, I think it's 34,000. I go, we have a war on illegal drugs. But legal drugs kill 10 times as many people. And he goes, oh, that's the cost of medicine. You know, I go, are mm. you kidding me? <laughs> it's like you have been manipulated by a belief system and then belief controls genetics and belief controls your biology. And if you start with a negative belief, you only end up with a negative biology. It's the only way it happens. Uh, and for a fact, because people don't get it, and I need to give it, what is a fact? A truism. And here's what's number one fact. Quantum physics is the most valid science on this planet. It's the one that's been tested the most and verified to be more truthful than any other science. And I go, so what? Because what's the first principle of quantum physics? The mind is the creator of our life experiences. And it says, your consciousness is creating your life. 
I go, why is that relevant? Because if you change your consciousness, you can change your life. It's like you don't have to wait for life to change from the outside. It's you on the inside. And so we have been systematically disempowered. And if you've been disempowered, then where the hell is the power going? 1%. (laughs) That's the 1%. They got all the money. Money is power because money is the equivalent of energy. And energy is life. Everybody, energy is life. Yeah, I know that. Money is energy. You have a lot of money? You're going to have a lot of life. You got no money, you're already compromised at this point. So the, the simple reality is we have been systematically disempowered by belief systems that are no longer valid. Genetics, that, that science is not as valid as epigenetics. The difference, genetics victim, epigenetics master. So if you don't know epigenetics, you have lost your control and you bought into, oh my God, there's a cancer running in family and I'm going to get a cancer gene. A uh, little pause here, Sean. There is no gene that causes cancer. There's not one gene that causes cancer. Give example. Every Women will undergo a mutilation, which they gently refer to as a double mastectomy. That sounds much better. Uh, don't mutilate yourself. Oh, no. oh, I'm just having a, you know, mastectomy. Okay, no, that's called mutilation. You're cutting your body apart. And I go, for what reason? Well, I found out I have the breast cancer gene and I don't want breast cancer. And I go, okay, let me give you a little fact that you haven't paid attention to. 50% of the women with breast cancer gene never get breast cancer. There's a very important point. The possession of the gene itself doesn't cause cancer. It's a life not in harmony that engages that gene. And this is how people can have a remission because they realize, oh my God, my life's not, you know, it's not working well. I'm so stressed and blah, blah, blah. And I got this cancer and they say, I'm going to let go of my stress. Cancer goes into remission. The problem with the conventional person is, I got cancer and it's got stupid genes and my cells are stupid. My cells are going to kill me. So if I kill the cells and I cut out the cancer, I'm going to be okay. And I go, no, the cancer is a symptom of you not living in harmony. And therefore, cutting out the cancer, you just get another cancer if you don't change the stress. And it's the ones that realize my life is not in harmony and change that are the ones that have the remission. So the point is this, did the gene cause cancer? And the answer is absolutely not. There is no gene that causes cancer. There are genes that are correlated with cancer. Mm. In other words, it's a symptom. And so I say, cutting out the cancer cells, thinking you've healed everything, is the same as uh, covering up uh, the service engine light on the dashboard when it shows up driving the car. If I cover it up, it's like, oh, hey, everything's running good. The service light's not even on anymore. And I go, you didn't fix anything. You just shut off the symptom. <laughs> and yeah. this, is, this is where we have to go because every bit of this is a disempowerment to the individual by saying you're frail, you're vulnerable, you're susceptible to all these things. And I go, damn, we, we can walk across coals <laughs> and down in the South. Some of those fundamentalist religious people work themselves up a religious ecstasy. They call them snake handlers, and they play with these poisonous snakes. And every now and then, actually, one of them dies. But I'm not talking about those guys. 
I want to talk about the guys that they testify. That That's the term. They do something no normal person in their right mind would ever do, but they do it because of the firm belief, perception, God protects me. They drink strychnine poison in toxic doses and have no adverse effects. How could they do that? And the answer is total belief. I will not mm. I will not suffer because God will protect me. Not, it wasn't 99% belief. <laughs> That's not belief. Uh, 100%. Unquestionable, unshakable. And I say, then guess what? You can walk across hot coals. You can drink poison. You can do so many magical things, but you can't do it with a program of limitation that we've all been downloaded with. Mm. We're going to keep circling back to this. Bruce, because I want folks to really walk away today knowing that their beliefs are controlling what their biology is doing. You've already broken down, really, there's a biology to fear. And there's a self-fulfilling situation happening right now with so many of us being in fear 24-7 right now. And Absolutely. it's compromising our bodies. And, and giving you, up your power. You give up yeah. your power because you say, who am I? I'm just a victim. I go, no, you're not. You're a damn creator. <laughs> That's yeah, what the game right. is. Uh, and, and Sean, while we talk about belief, I just need to emphasize, when we talk about belief, and this, does belief control our biology? I go, well, you know, nearly 75 years or more, we've understood the nature of what is called the placebo effect. The placebo effect is someone's got an illness. The doctor says, I got this new pill. It's the greatest new medicine in the history of anything. Take this pill. And the person says, oh, wow, finally a cure. They take the pill, they get better, find out the pill was a sugar pill. I go, and what the hell healed them? The answer was the belief in the pill, not the pill, the belief in the pill. I go, oh, that's called placebo. I go, yeah, that's positive belief. That's what it is, positive. And then I go, yeah, everybody goes, yeah, placebo effect, positive belief. And I go, negative belief, which no one talks about, is equally powerful to positive belief in affecting your life but in the opposite direction. Placebo can cure me of any illness on this planet. Nocebo, negative belief, can cause any illness and even death. If you believe you're going to die, you can die just from the belief of that. I say, so why is it relevant? Because the percentage of negative belief versus positive belief is so upside down. We have right. more negative beliefs in our world than positive belief. And so, again... When you have a negative belief, you don't realize that negative belief has opened you up to manifest whatever you're afraid of. And that's the problem. Uh, so what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> that's what we have to work on is our minds, you know, and I, I really got this from you that our minds are the most powerful pharmacy in the known universe, you know, and we're all walking around with them and we don't realize how powerful we are. Well, no, because if your belief is you're a victim, you won't activate something that can heal you because that's a nocebo effect versus placebo effect. If I walked around and everybody believed me and I said, here's an M&M, you eat this M&M and the COVID will disappear. If they believe that, it would disappear. <laughs> mm. But M&Ms are not the best source of belief, you know, so uh, we, we'd have to magical vaccine. Oh, damn. <laughs> As I said, if you're compromised, the vaccine is going to be good for you because your own yeah. system isn't going to make it. But if you're not compromised, your immune system is the most powerful ally you have because its function is to do exactly the, the fact of um, identifying the COVID and destroying it.
Mm. Bruce, why are we not talking about this more? You know, because truly, you know this, the How data is out there. I, I want you I want you to say this in, ju in just a second, but the data exists. There's mountains and mountains of evidence. Even in randomized placebo controlled trials, we have to account for the placebo because some people are going to get the result just from a fake pill, a fake surgery, a fake treatment. They're going to get the same effects. What's going on? At least one third, scientifically tested, at least one third and up to two thirds of all healing in medicine is due to the placebo effect and not the action of the physician or the drug. That's a fact of science. One third of people will heal themselves, you know, just because they, they believe whatever they're going to do is going to work. Uh, and, and I go, yeah, but again, we still are emphasizing what? The positive belief. <laughs> I'm going, it's now time to emphasize that your negative belief is the problem. And if you're hiding in your house right now because you're afraid of that nasty COVID outside, is that going to give you immune function uh, a boost? I go, it will undermine your immune function. And if you stay in your house and then you get, okay, we can go out. And I go, you didn't have an immune response staying in your house. And the virus is still outside when you go out there. So it's going to happen. Mm. You know, one of the things that initially really implanted the fear button was this it's, an, it's called a novel virus, and we didn't have any innate immunity to it. But you being a renowned cell biologist, you know we have this thing called the adaptive immune system. Exactly. But that adaptive immune system only works when you encourage it to work, when you give it the energy and the consciousness. Why? Because the mind can turn the immune system on and off. I'll give you an example. I love this because people don't realize it. Uh, what were people they called uh, multiple personality? Okay, so they have in one personality, and then all of a sudden they switch to a different personality. Well, it's been identified that if in their normal personality, and the very first person that was a book about this woman of three faces of Eve, three different personalities, in her main personality, she had uh, a response to strawberries, an anaphylactic response. That's a, a hypersensitivity, which causes hives and all kinds of problems. And what she found out was when she switched to a different personality, she was no longer allergic to strawberries. But when she switched back to her original personality, she was allergic again. And all of a sudden it's like, well, how could you be allergic and then change your psychology for a second and then five minutes later, you're not allergic? And then switch your personality and five minutes later, you're back to allergic. And the answer is the mind is the ultimate control of your biology. Quantum physics, day one, Max Planck. The mind is the matrix of all matter. <laughs> okay? Uh, and I say, well, why is it relevant? Because um, where's your thought? And who's guiding you on that thought? Who's teaching you on that thought? Who's making money by teaching you a thought? The pharmaceutical company. Well, who, who, vaccines are free? That's a bunch of BS. Uh, that means belief system. Uh, <laughs> it's like there's a there's billions of dollars involved in creating a vaccine and giving it to people. Billions. I go. So this is not. Oh, this is not like. Oh, they're just going to be helpful to us. They're very nice people. Go, no, they're going to make billions of dollars because they're going to force everybody to take that vaccine. And I want to tell you something. So new information for the audience. We have a natural vaccine mechanism. Yeah, 
People were making immunity long before medical school was here. Million years, they were making immunity. I said, where does immunity come from? And the answer is a misunderstanding that has taken us away from the truth. And that is, in the throat, there are things called tonsils. There are three pairs of tonsils. So there's two above the hard palate at the roof of your mouth, two at the back of your throat, and two at the base of your tongue. Three sets. Six. I say, well, what does the book say about that? I go, the conventional books say that tonsils are there to protect you from anything that comes in your head, mouth, nose, ears, eyes. They all have to drain down your throat. So the idea was, oh, the tonsils are there. They're going to fight those things that come into your body and protect you. They're fighting them. I go, hell no, they're not. Tonsils don't fight. Then what are tonsils doing? Sampling. They sample what's coming into the environment and learn about everything in your environment. Your immune system is part of your brain. Learning and memory, that's the job. But learning and memory about the physical environment. What's in your world? And I go, so when anything goes down your throat, it has to bypass the go through the tonsil area and the tonsils sample what's going on, and then can make an immune response. So this is why infants, if you ever had a baby and you see the baby in the crib, it will stick everything in its world into its mouth. Hmm. Whether it's its foot, its arm, its leg, the whatever was in the diaper, it's in the mouth. Everything is in the mouth. Why? Native instinct. To sample your environment, put it into your mouth. And then the immune system can learn about it. So an infant is already designed to instinctively put the environment into its mouth and sample it. And the idea was then, what was what? What was what about it? And it goes, the tonsils are the learning center. <laughs> I go, so what? I go, they inject vaccine where? In your arm, in your leg, in your ass, wherever they inject it. And I go, is that going to support the immune system? I say, it bypasses the immune system. There's an intelligent system. Put it into mm. the mouth. It will then deal with it. So I say, so what happens if I inject this thing in my arm? I say, the centuries of intelligence, there are centuries all over the body, intelligent system. You bypass, uh, sticking a needle in there, bypasses the centuries. You push a bunch of crap in that needle and in the body. And if you were a cell and you were just hanging out somewhere and all of a sudden a dump of garbage dumped on your head, it was like magic. Where the hell did that come from? None of the century saw it. I go, you bypass the intelligence of the system. And that's where all of a sudden I get very upset. Why? Because the mission statement of science, 1650, Francis Bacon, the mission statement of science is what? Listen to this, to obtain knowledge, to dominate and control nature. That's the mission statement. I go, how's that working out? I go, <laughs> we're causing our own extinction at this moment. We're in the sixth mass extinction. Humans are creating their own extinction right now. And I go, oh, is this in a thousand years from now or a million years? I go, how about this century? We have already pushed the limits of our system, destroyed the environment to the extent that we will not be supported within this century, that human life is facing its own extinction by its own behavior. We've undermined the web of life because 
We're going to dominate and control nature. I go, how's that working? It's called six mass extinction. And I go, we're in it and we created it. And this is the wake up call. Uh, Sean, this is so important because I, I could look at the world and you open up the paper and you got in every country around the world, some kind of chaos is going on. Social, political, economic, racial, religious, all kinds of climate, <laughs> all kinds of upheavals. And I go, wow, this is a scary planet. And I go, those are symptoms of a problem that's bigger. I say, what's that problem? We are creating our own extinction, the sixth mass extinction of life. Five times in the history of this planet, life was thriving. And some cataclysmic event wiped out up to 90% of life. The last one, the fifth mass extinction, 66 million years ago when the dinosaurs were here and the, 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 the world was ripe. I mean, the ecosystem was flush with life, all kinds of life. A comet hit near uh, Mexico, the Yucatan Peninsula, a big comet. <laughs> it upended the ecosystem, killed all the dinosaurs, wiped out up to 90% of life, and that was the last mass extinction. Today, we're in the sixth mass extinction, but it's due to human behavior undermining the web of life. And so nature is giving us all these symptoms, whether COVID, yep, COVID's a symptom of what? You're not in harmony. You're blaming the virus, and the virus has just taken out the weak elements as nature always does. It eliminates the weaker elements in a community. Well, the virus is the wolf. <laughs> That's what wolves do. Clear out the weak ones. All these people dying. You're going to blame it on the on the virus? I say, no, the virus didn't take you out if you were healthy. The virus took you out if you were compromised. So all of a sudden, that's a feedback. So I say, why is it relevant? We're in the midst of an evolutionary upheaval. And the most important insight of this upheaval is what you're trying to offer the public, Sean. And that is what? Self-empowerment. Because we have been systematically showing ourselves to be weak and vulnerable. We are the problem. And nature is showing us this and we're ignoring it. <laughs> it's going to be at our own peril because uh, extinction is looming so fast that in 1970, they took a survey. How many animals were on the planet? World Wildlife Foundation. How many total number of animals on earth? And then they just recently did it again a couple of years ago. And two thirds of the entire animal population has disappeared since 1970. We only got one-third the number of animals that were here on the planet in 1970. That yeah. uh, Germany has been doing a survey of insects every year in their parks. They do a survey, 27 years. This year's results reveal a loss of 75% of the insect population. And you go, well, I don't care about insects. I say, I think you should. Bees are pretty important <laughs> if you want to eat food. Uh, and they're disappearing like crazy. I go... We can't live without the insects. We The insects were here before us. We needed them to be here ourselves. Okay? Fish. 2048, not a long time from now, and it's conservative estimate, no fish in the ocean, planet Earth. Imagine, you're going to be here, and then you're going to have to tell people in those days, Sean's going to be the storyteller. He's going to sit around and tell kids, they used to have these things that swam in the water called fish. <gasps> What's a fish, Uncle Sean? Well, they won't know <laughs> unless they watch some videos. <laughs> and that's happening soon. 
and, and it's all falling apart. What was the point? Those were symptoms. We look at them as, oh, those are problems. I go, oh, they're problems. They're symptoms of a bigger problem. We are undermining our own existence. And COVID is just another shot in there that says, you are not surviving because you're, you're living out of harmony. You're in disharmony. Harmony equals health. Disharmony equals dis-ease. And there we are. Yeah, what the fish. <laughs> Bruce, so right now, um, if we can have something that we can do, because everybody listening wants this to get turned around, and is there anything we can do right now to help to usher in more health and unity when we need it so much? And I'm going to preface by saying that I learned this from you. Each of our cells have these antennas, basically. You know, we're literally interacting and receiving data from our environment. And we can inf and also we can affect that environment as well. So I'm going to preface by saying that and then ask what, you, what you, your opinion is that we can do right now. Yeah, well, as you just said, so very quickly we can understand this, is that uh, we know about computers and silicon chips and, and all that stuff. A cell is a carbon-based organic computer. The cell membrane is a chip. It's not like a chip. It is a chip. It's got inputs and outputs, and it adjusts the cell to what's going on in the world. And if the world's not in support, then you have to change your biology to survive. Uh, and so uh, the cells are reading the environment and trying to adjust, you know, well, as I said, the cells in your body are reading your perception of the environment. You want to change your health, you have to change your perception. You have to stop saying, I am weak and vulnerable. I am not weak and vulnerable. I'm a powerful son of a gun. And the reality is, how am I going to be powerful? I say, you got to take care of your health. Your health is, is what manifests your life. If you compromise your health, you compromise your life. And we've all been compromised. Compromised by programming when we were young. Like we gave up control of the power of our life when we were young because we were programmed to believe that the doctor knows about health. And who are we? We, we don't know nothing. So if the doctor says X, Y, or Z, that becomes our truth. And this is what the problem with diagnoses are, because the diagnosis says, oh, well, you're going to have this. And then the prognosis, you're going to, this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. And I go, if you own the truth that the doctor is the source of truth, then that prognosis is actually a script for your future. And you will manifest all of those things because that's what you believe. So it's a time to say, let's question what we believe. Because the beliefs that we have are creating the situation, the beliefs uh, uh, that they are pushing you about COVID. Uh, and I really want to emphasize this because I got so many people, Bruce, are you a supporter of Trump? Because he's saying it's not. And I go, wait a minute. <laughs> no, I'm not a supporter of Fauci. I'm not a supporter of Trump. They're both wrong. They're extremes. And the idea is you have to have some intelligence in the middle and not mm -hmm. listen to either of them. Fauci is a, a, a profiteer. <laughs> he owns vaccine companies, okay? Bill Gates, profiteer. He owns vaccine companies. As I said, oh, they're going to give me a vaccine. I said, they're giving you a vaccine. You're paying for a vaccine. All your money. And I go, but I can make my own vaccine. Ah, ah you can. But it bypasses the system and they don't want you to do that. So they want you to wait until that vaccine shows up. And I go, 
Man, you could die before then. And in fact, it's not even, the vaccine is no replacement for normal immune function. And, and that's why I highly recommend that if you are not compromised, the best thing in the world is to get the damn COVID flu, have the uncomfortable period of time, whether it's three days, five days, six days. Why? Because at the end of that, you'll never need a vaccine. Your immune system's intelligence will always remember this COVID. Next time it shows up, it will not have any effect upon you. So to me, this is most important, that we must recognize we are so powerful. And I'm not, that's like, oh, that's a new age. I go, that's not new age. That's quantum physics and epigenetics because they both say the same thing. Quantum physics says your consciousness is creating your life experience. And epigenetics is a science as your consciousness is controlling your genetics. Both of them saying the same thing. I don't need to change my genetics. I need to change my consciousness. And the hard part about it is, the media is not your friend. The media, I've never seen anything like this in 76 years of my life that we're getting, two of my wonderful programs were censored. Because what? Because I didn't agree with the conventional belief story thrown out by the policymakers who are manipulators? No. And if you said anything that didn't fit their story, cancel it. I go, this is not science. This is actually antagonistic. Science is open. Question, check, follow through. It didn't say, put blinders on and only do this. That is not science. That is dogma. Science is take the damn blinders off and recognize that story you've been sold is not a valid story. And, and again, I'm, it's so important because my, why am I here? I need to relay knowledge. Knowledge is power. And people go, yeah, I've heard that. And I go, let me give you the reverse of that because it's true, but it makes more sense. A lack of knowledge is a lack of power. You have been deprived of knowledge because they only want you to see that story in this box. The rest of the knowledge, don't talk about it. Don't go there. Don't say anything. I go, you just lost science. It's not science anymore. Now it's a personal opinion. And that is not science. I guess they're going to cancel this program. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, we, we're going to cut through with this one, Bruce. And listen, we need a lot more Dr. Bruce Lipton right now. Can you let everybody know where they can connect with you more, watch some of your videos, your lectures, and just learn? We need to be immersed in more of this information. Oh, I so appreciate that. And, um, you know, look, um, I'm in that compromised age. I'm over 70. I'm 76. I'm moving toward 80, baby. No, not for me. I'm not 80. I'm still a teenager in here who loves his life, who wants to enjoy this planet, and is going to be healthy enough to stay here and do that. And so I'm not going to hide in the damn room and keep my face mask on. If you're compromised, you put the face mask on. That's your life. I'm not compromised. Zisa, I'm saying that today. Uh, what, what's today? Tuesday. I'm still alive. I'm still healthy. I'm looking forward to doing that for many more years yet. And the idea is what? If you put me in the conventional population, I would be so covered with kinds of gauze all over my face, lock myself in the closet. And is it safe to come out yet, Sean? No. <laughs> well, I'm going to stay in the closet. And I go, stupid. Life is so beautiful. Life is so wonderful, and you didn't get here by accident. You got here to be creators. Quantum physics, 
Epigenetics, same story. Consciousness is controlling this. And if you give up your power of consciousness and buy a limitation, you have just shortened your ability to create life. And this is what's happening right now. Bruce, let's go. Let's go. Where can people connect with you and learn so more? So simple, Sean. BruceLipton.com. Lots of free articles, audio, video, all kinds of stuff on there, all these wonderful things. And if we had 12 hours, my friend, Sean, we would really help a lot. But there's a limitation here. <laughs> Just for this, Bruce, truly, you are one of my superheroes. I'm so grateful for you being alive right now on this planet, doing what you're doing. And truly, I want everybody to make sure that they check you out consistently. Get some Bruce Lipton in your life on a daily basis. <laughs> it's a game changer. Sean, I so appreciate you, for A, for your consciousness, but B, providing a platform to offer knowledge. Give people some power, man, because everybody else is taking it away because when they take away your, the, your power, they own you. Dr. Bruce Lipton, everybody. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. Truly one of the real pioneers of science today, epigenetics, that term becoming a part of popular lexicon and health is really due to the work of Dr. Bruce Lipton, cell biologist and just really powerful pioneer and thought leader. And this is very special for me because I think that again, we're gonna continue to bring messages to help us to make sense and to accurately depict the world that we're living in right now. There is so much good happening, but it's not being reported. And a little bit earlier, when I was mentioning the number of confirmed COVID cases, I was actually talking about the number of recoveries. That's about 40 million right now. Folks with confirmed cases of COVID-19 who've recovered or passed the virus. or And right now we know that 40, upwards of 50% of these folks didn't even have any symptoms. All right, so just to put that in context, what cured them? Did they have a vaccine? And this is something that Dr. Lipton was continuing to reiterate. Your body is the vaccine. Your body is the most powerful protective mechanism in the known universe, the most powerful pharmacy. It's already doing the job, but nobody's talking about that. They're not giving you any context. All they're talking about is death. All they're talking about is the number of cases. Now we've got a case-demic. It's not just a pandemic, it's a case-demic. And every time we get these numbers with these cases and the mortality rate, the death amount is continuing to be low. It's just pushing the actual mortality rate down lower and lower. The case fatality rate continues to get lower and lower. Now, as of this recording, 56 million reported cases of SARS-CoV-2 infection. 56 million. And to put that number in context again, where we're looking at around a million lives being lost, which every soul matters, but it's been turned into a number, a death toll ticker on the news, but there's not a survival ticker or a life ticker. When we look at that number in context, that's about 54, 55 million people infected with this virus who are okay. That's not the news that you get. We have to take back control of our minds. It's not to say that this isn't an issue, but what's the bigger issue? As he articulated so beautifully, the bigger issue is our fear because it compromises our immune system. The bigger issue is us 
turning our lives upside down and creating all of this stress in our bodies. When he's talking about the number, the, the impact that stress has, 90% of illnesses being related to stress, this is well documented in prestigious peer-reviewed journals that upwards of about 90% of all physician visits today have a stress-related component. They're stress-related illnesses. Is our stress up or down right now? Higher than it's ever been. And we all can feel it at some level. And this is because our cells, as what I learned from him initially, when talking about the proteins on our cells that are literally, they're like antennas picking up data from our environment. Our cells are all picking up this, this coherent stress that's going on. And it doesn't feel right, something is off. But we can change that coherence within our own bodies. And the beautiful part about that is it starts to outpicture itself into the world around us and affect change in the world around us. And we know that this is real. We know that this is the leading science. Quantum mechanics. We, we shifted from Newtonian physics that it's just all these parts and mechanisms and this desire to control nature. And it's this very arrogant approach to reality that we can control something that is so remarkable, so profound, we know nothing. We know nothing. The top virologists in the world, as smart as they may be and as experienced as they may be, they know only a fraction of a percent about all the viruses there are and what they can do. They know nothing. And yet that's what we're leaning on right now. Science is gonna fix this. But even the science right now, it's being pigeonholed, it's being put into a box on what science is acceptable. We have tens of thousands of incredible physicians. Many of them message me every day. Physicians, folks who are doing coding, nurse practitioners, all types of folks working in health and wellness who are dedicated to serving and helping folks who are just saying, thank you so much for putting this information out there. This is real, but nobody is getting this information. We're only hearing one flavor. We're hearing the vanilla flavor when we've got literally hundreds of other flavors and flavor combinations that can be in the mix right now. When talking about science and the different perspectives, we can't just keep looking at it through the lens of pharmacology. Right now, our system of medicine here in the United States, $4 trillion a year invested into conventional medicine. And a recent report found that about a quarter of that is essentially wasted. What are we gonna do about it? We're just funneling money into something that is creative and supportive of the problem. No solutions, no cures for our biggest killers. They still continue to climb. They're not fixing anything, but now all of a sudden they're gonna fix this. And it's a, it's a, it's a disconnection in reality. And our perception needs to, sh to shift over. And Dr. Bruce Lipton also articulated this of really doing things that are affirmative for our health and especially affirmative for our mindset and our perception about reality because our perception of stress, our perception of what's going on in the world is going to control what our biology is doing. I hope you got a lot of value out of this episode. If you did, please share it out with the people that you care about. You can tag me. I'm at Sean Model on Instagram and Twitter. I'm on Twitter dropping some nuggets every now and then having a good time. And at, on Facebook, I'm at The Model Health Show on Facebook. And listen, we're just scratching the surface. I'm not taking my foot off the gas pedal. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep building because we are the ones who are going to create the movement. Things have to change right now. We're at a fork in the road with humanity. It's real and it's up to us to change it. We can't keep looking out there for somebody to come along and do this. We can see what this has led to. It's up to us. And I appreciate you so much for being a part of this mission. Take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon.
My brand new book, Eat Smarter, is on the way. Eat Smarter is the first book to take you behind the scenes and show you how your metabolism really works. Demonstrating specific foods and nutrients that control your metabolism and influence things like fat loss and weight gain. But you'll also discover how certain foods and nutrients control your cognitive function and influence things like your attention span and your working memory. Plus, you'll also learn the latest information on how food controls your sleep and the surprising science around how food controls our emotional stability and how we interact with each other. It's a very special book and part of an initiative to change our health and wellness systems. And right now, when you pre-order Eat Smarter, you also get instant access to a brand new mini course, The 10 Foods Proven to Optimize Your Fat Loss Hormones for free. It's a $97 mini course you get instant access to when you pre-order Eat Smarter. So go to eatsmarterbook.com right now and pre-order the book and get your free mini course. Eat Smarter. Use the power of food to reboot your metabolism, upgrade your brain, and transform your life. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.